Hello and welcome to the Parent Panel. This is the podcast that gives a platform to one mum and one dad with the hopes that they will share their parenting wins and fails so that we can all learn something along the way. Our mum today is a nutritionist and chef and our dad a comedian who officiates wedding ceremonies in any costume you desire. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Zoe Bingley-Pullen is our mum. She's, as I mentioned, a nutritionist and chef. She has a daughter, Emily, who is five. Yep, Zachary. she's just hit the five mark. Welcome. I actually really like her now. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's not that I didn't like her before, but I was You like her more now. I like her because she can tell me what she wants. We, we have these gorgeous chats and it, it really is quite a, just kind of what I wanted it to be. It's I know that's hard to difference. say. I shouldn't say that, but Of course, anyway. you know you can. If this is a parent panel. <laughs> this is you a can safe say place. What, it's a safe place. <laughs> just think it's you, me and Chris. It's, it's like all there for is. parenting, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> the 12 steps. Absolutely. <laughs> Think of it that way. And of course, our dad is Chris North, comedian, celebrant, father to three, two boys who are 11 and 13, and one daughter who is 15. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello. And I'm going to warn you that when your daughter turns 14, <laughs> it is it is a totally different... I, I've just Go finished reading... Yeah. Oh. I finished reading this... Well, a couple of years ago, I started reading this book called Being 14 by Madonna King. An exceptional book because it, it really framed a dad to understand what a teenage girl is like. And... I thought I could handle this, and even this morning, this this girl is just dry. I drive her to school every day. She has to get to school at seven o'clock for you know, exams and stuff. And I'm there going, and she doesn't give me anything, and it's so frustrating. And, I want, and all I want to do is say to, her, so like you know, hello, and give a. It's like oh, she doesn't even talk to you. Doesn't even talk to me. And it's like, Ooh, does oh. she grunt? I've heard that it's, boys grunt. It's rare. It's rare. I hear a noise Nothing. from it. I kind of poke it to say, "Are you alive?" She's like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, oh okay. don't you I remember don't. when we were like that? I time. was a shithead. I was awful. <laughs> I was running away. Yeah, I was but you just... don't want to remember that because that's oh, karma. And I then pray, we know what's coming to us. I pray that my daughter was like my husband. He was an angel. Like didn't even do anything till he left school. I was totally the opposite. So I said to someone the other day, I said, I've got to stop even thinking this way because I will by osmosis push this behaviour onto her. So I've just got to like, let it go. I know. Let, let's, any responsibility though. of her future, let it go. <laughs> I, already there's two great messages there. <laughs> AA for parents, letting go, any responsibility. <laughs> anything. I mean, anything. like anything. I tell my youngest, I drink because you cry. Oh, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I never used to drink through the week until I had a child. <laughs> and it all changed. Well, I should have put that on the list to yes. talk about. However, what we are... Hang on a minute. Here we go. <laughs> Who's up for a while? Oh, I should have brought some in. Sorry. Uh, we don't have any alcohol in the studio, but we are going to be talking about Wiggles controversies, mm. playground distractions, and impressive kids. First up, though, Tanya Plibersbeck. Pli- <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> First up, though, Tanya Plibersek has put her family before politics, but do we expect men to do the same thing? I would expect nothing less from the mother of dragons. No expectations. I expect. No, I demand perfection. No expectations. This week, Labor Deputy 
Tanya Plibersek declined to run as leader of the Labor Party due to family commitments. Political commentator Annabel Crabb pointed out that men in a similar position often don't put their family first. And when it comes to media coverage, female political figures are asked more often how they manage the work-family juggle. Annabel suggested it's because more male politicians have wives who hold the family up while dad is at work. Zoe, why do you think we have less women in parliament? Is it because we expect them to stay at home with their kids? Look, I thought also, aren't we brewing a conversation by talking about politics anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think the reality is I've undulated in this question whether or not a woman should be in a strong role or should be in a supporting role. The reality is, is that we have a womb, we have a responsibility and, and 10 years of IVF taught me to actually view this slightly differently. I feel very lucky that I had a child later in life because it did give me the opportunity to have a great career, a very successful career and something that I was able to be concentrating on or be the crazy IVF process that was going on behind the scenes. So I got more time to actually do this. Now, my husband and I are 40. I'm 41 in two days' time and he's 50. So what's quite interesting about where our roles play now is that we're both in a little bit more of a freedom role. So we both have this ability to actually combine our roles. Uh, he can pick up Emily. I can pick up Emily. He can be there you know, for school elements. I can be there for school elements. But that just took time. So I don't know if we can actually sit there because I think often we get caught in this same argument of saying, who should be, are we un- undermining a woman by not let, or are we undermining a woman by letting her husband take a stronger role than her? Fuck no. Of course we're not. What we should be doing, when it, particularly when it comes to politics, is putting the best person in that role. Now, the best person does need to commit 100% of their time to something. So that might possibly mean that through the early stages of parenting, maybe the woman is more capable to actually hold that role. I definitely don't think a man is undercapable of it. I'm not saying that one is unable to do it, but maybe actually in that time frame, the woman is the stronger person to do it. And I think more than above, what is wrong with staying at home? What is wrong with being the parent? Why do we have to look at this as a win and fail situation? Because I cherish my moment with Emily now. I just, I look back and think, shit, I wish I wasn't working for some of those times. I mean, I was traipsing her around with me, you know, when I was filming in Melbourne, But then there were times I didn't and I literally would be in my apartment crying because I missed her so much. Mm. Now, if I was able to be at home, I just didn't, I guess the number one thing I asked myself is I don't want to have to take one over the other. So I feel very lucky that I did get the time to kind of create both. I'm actually at a new kind of foray in my life right now where I actually don't want to work as much. I feel like I've done 20 years of kind of really being part of the, you know, part of the industry and worked very hard. And I'm so excited now to kind of have the opportunity, particularly at a five-year-old, you know, five days a week at school, after school sports. It's so nice to actually be there for her. But again, that just simply came down to opportunities. I think you raised a good point of the idea of being wanting to be a part of the the child's life. Like I I have friends who seem to be able to produce children. Like they just, it's as if they were pregnant one day and bang. Sometimes I hate them. It's like, are you pregnant still? No, I just had it. How long did the labour take? 32 minutes. What? And you're home already? When did you do that? This morning. Two day labour I had. Yeah, yeah, right. So so then, so they're going through this process and then suddenly they're so, they're actually quite driven women in terms of work and they're highly successful and they, they do they're great at what they do uh, so and they're top level executives and the bit that I kind of don't get is why they suddenly go back to work yeah. a month after or two months yeah. and they, and kid is in either daycare or 
mm. you know, pre-care or uh, you know, nanny. is It's nanny life. Uh, and I can at the same time, there is a definite ex- different expectation on women in the workplace as there are with men. Uh, and that's you know I've I've, I've recently been in a, in a very male dominated um, space where women were not particularly uh, given as much time of day and and it was very difficult for women in that position to actually hold a, a stronger position of authority. But then there are some similar uh, similar uh, similar places which have uh, women who are directly in authority and then, and then kind of. Uh, uh, it's not evenly distributed, so mm. it would be like it's swayed more towards women in, mm. in higher roles, from CEO to senior management positions. Uh, and they all seem to have their they, – they create their own culture. Uh, they all have their, their different culture. But as to whether we should be telling people that they need to have a, an equality between yeah, genders, exactly. is that's, that's a different argument, mm. like especially in terms of but parliament. My you know, thing with the ne- politicians, what I thought was interesting about Annabelle Crabb's article, is that she said – you know, we actually don't ever say to a male political leader, wouldn't you like to stay at home? Which mm. I think is interesting, apart from the expectation sure. that women will stay yeah. at home. But don't we? I mean, how do we actually cut it? I mean, we're not saying this publicly, but mm. is this actually happening behind the scenes? I don't think men are given as... Yeah. We don't, in terms of the way we think about gender, mm. we do assume the woman will take the nurturing role at home. Mm. But then you look at dads today, and like Annabelle was saying, yeah. who's to say those political dads yeah. don't go to work Look, crying that they left their kids at home. I don't miss the fact that I, were, I, I was a stay-at-home dad for yeah. the first couple of years yeah, of one of brilliant. the boys. It was great. And I couldn't find work. I was, like, struggling to find work. Let's, let's be <laughs> Is honest. Is that the reason? Yeah. I, I, it wasn't by choice. Yeah, no, this wasn't like, <laughs> like that. And, but, but that yeah. being said, it's, um, you know, I, I kind of – I loved every every moment of that. Yeah. And I think you've – look – Annabelle might be in a, it might be right, making the right point, and that is to say that we don't say that to men. Mm. Maybe we should be having that conversation mm. with men. Yeah, and changing that dialogue to make it seem like it's not a weakness or a less than process as well. Yeah, I mean, it, we need to have it integrated into all you know all jobs that paternity is as readily available, and it could be in shorter you know shorter amounts of time. It could be equally weighted, or it could simply be you can have a day off a week. You know, it doesn't need to be this huge kind of arena that we keep looking at. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It could be a small integration where the child's father simply gets to actually have that one day a week with them. Well, there are some major companies that are now offering paternal paternity leave, yeah. like maternity leave, but paternity leave at, at an equal rate. And you kind of go, well, that that's actually it something should that, be. that should be done. because <laughs> It should be at an equal rate. At the, like. at the same time, if I flip it and I go, well, hang on, as a dad, it's actually more difficult for me to leave the workplace and go and see the kids do something at school. Oh, it's and impossible. It, it's impossible. And to have that conversation with yeah. anyone is mm. a very difficult situation. Like you're going to go, yeah. oh, I've got to leave early because it's, uh, it's like the school assembly or it's the yeah. Christmas thing. It's the, it's the, you know, the afternoon tea. It's the fundraiser. And it, it, it's as if you are committing the mm. worst of crimes. So is this something that should be legislated? Like is this something that should actually be put in? I think we have to start thinking differently yeah. and not just assuming that men are happy to go to work and women yeah. are happy to stay home. But I love the fact that it's like you, they, they leave for family reasons. <laughs> we like, all know. That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, because you no. knew you weren't going to get voted no, in. No, you're okay? Oh, come on. Ten <laughs> <laughs> minutes Oh, don't, let's she not. Don't get me wrong. I wanted a female in there. But let's not that's get a whole other topic. That. Okay, it's time we moved on to the Wiggles, obviously. <laughs> uh, Lockie wears Emma's bow and rocks the Wiggles boat. That's mm. next.
You're no girl. You're a boy. A good boy. You can be president. All girls, please move to cootie quarantine. You have cooties. Met three of the Wiggles. Emma Wiggle has posted an image of Lockie wearing a bow in his hair, holding a poster saying, boys can be Emma too. The post divided Emma's followers, with many supporting the move and others saying it was too young to be introducing children to gender diversity. Chris, do you think Emma was out of line or right on message? Two things. (laughs) First up, let me tell you you a little secret about the Wiggles. Having done some work with some of the team behind the scenes, uh, Dorothy the Dinosaur... Right, was originally played by a bloke. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so and nobody knew, and so for many years Scandal. it was it was a guy in the suit, and uh, and so, so there was nobody kicking up a fuss, going, but hang on, you're playing a female dinosaur. Secondly, and I think what's really interesting about this is that the way that it turned from being um, uh, just wearing a bow and saying that boys can be Emma to being people exper- experimenting with mm. gender diversity or saying that it's okay to identify and then eventually become a, a, a person of the opposite sex if you feel that's the way you identify. That, that I think, that takes it a couple of steps too far because this is really just saying it's okay to do gender role play mm. in any form. Whether you feel it's like young kids who want to... Uh, dress up as you know. Uh, it, they, oh, my, my youngest boy does this. So he, he will. He will dress up in. He'll put dresses on. Um, yeah, because it's fun. Because it's fun. Because, <laughs> dresses are cool. But he knows. Yeah. <laughs> he also knows that he can get a shock, and like, he, can, he does it because it's like a. Oh, everyone goes. Oh, sorry, like this. Or or for the um for the book week this week, all of the year six boys and his year are going to go dressed up as Disney princesses. Oh, awesome! Right? Hold <laughs> on, hold hold on, wait up there. <laughs> yeah, it's book week this week. No, no, not this week. No, oh, no, 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 yeah, not no, this actually, week. I thought about oh, it. No. So this year, Ooh, take oh, a deep breath yeah. there. Because <laughs> I was about to say, sorry, Chris. No, 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 I, no. I'm gonna get out my glue gun. What's going <laughs> so, on? We can't talk. I got a costume to build. No, but that's but it's the idea that this is saying it's very clear. It's very simple that it's okay to experiment with gender play. That's all it's doing. And it, and anybody who comes in and says, but you're imparting that. That it's okay for kids to become uh, boys if they're girls and they identify differently. It's ah, just stop. They just stop. It's it's they're playing. It's about mm. play. I don't know. I think for me personally, I don't think it's ever too young to talk about sexual proximity or what we like or what we don't like. It's just how you say it. I mean, we have very open conversations in my house with Emily. She's thought the Mardi Gras was the most amazing thing because she liked the rainbow flag, and then I got this beautiful opportunity to extend that conversation. This was two years ago. She was three. She was very comfortable with what I was saying. Half the time, children are comfortable. It's us that's not comfortable. Mm. You know, we're Mm. the ones who are obviously built in some hysteria about whether Mm. this is a wrong or right scenario, whether it's Catholicism, whatever it might be. It's just a nice conversation and they're fucking close. Like, you know, Mm. let's not, let's not... like make these two huge arguments here. Mm. It is absolutely fine for children to put on dresses, play with trucks, play with Barbies. It doesn't matter. I mean, as we've probably all seen as parents, is that if you, children will play with the the toys that are in the room, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily with yeah. what oh, their functionality. Play with the bottle top lid they found out the front oh, of the house. Absolutely, my child. Yeah, like, it, it, it makes an assumption. So, for example, if uh, my kids love musicals, okay, oh, there you go, go. On. <laughs> and they love. Oh yeah, my love god, your children already. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> back off, Zoe. So that, <laughs> no, I love. They're bang up for Hamilton. They love it, right? And so that's um, so that oh, I don't yeah. expect them to be all theatrical, uh, if you know what I mean. But then at the same 
same time, uh, if they walk down the street and they see uh, a beer bottle and they start playing with the beer bottle, I'm not going to assume they're going to become alcoholics. Yeah, exactly. Or if they pick up a needle, let's hope they don't. Uh, uh, bad example. But they're not going to become drunk. Move suburbs. I'm going to move suburbs. Like, There's just two points there uh, where I feel we need to yeah. take Chris aside, Zoe, and talk to him yeah. about parenting. Yeah. You know where I was going. Don't let your child. I know what you were trying to say, oh, but maybe beer do. bottle and... Oh, <laughs> the time, we went to the higher extreme of the situation. We know what this you... is going to end up in the article next to yeah, yeah. Emma Wiggle. Yeah, so podcaster makes controversial remark. I'm, I'm selling it to the Oz. Yeah, of course. Can I do that? Oh, maybe. Why I don't not? know. All right. Well, next up, we're going to be talking about uh, how present we need to be when our children are playing. Not everyone loves pushing a kid on a swing, but is it okay to spend that time listening to your favorite podcast? Our kids will play with squirrels. You're always on the phone. Filling the voids of their life with meaningless distractions. Look at him play with the kids. A mum on Reddit recently admitted to listening to podcasts while playing with her kids. While there are other activities where she is completely present, the ones that bore her the most, in her case it was imaginary play, are accompanied (laughs) by her favourite podcast. She had it very discreetly in one ear with an earbud. Some joined the conversation saying they do it at the park while pushing swings or while they're, they're getting their baby to sleep at night. Zoe, is it okay to be distracted when you're with your kids or should you be Always 100%. It's absolutely fine, as long as you don't put them in danger. Okay? Yes, we've got to remember how we started at the top okay. of this yeah, Exactly. So I um, would often play hide-and-seek with Emily, so I, <laughs> so I could actually check my emails. So I would be like, off you go, mum's going to count to 25, possibly 50, it could even be 60, but let's just go, you hide, and I would literally just do my emails. Because it is hard to catch the time. We don't have to be super parents, and I think the thing is, is that if you would actually go back to what our parents were doing, we are way more involved. Oh, yeah. We are way – my mum, literally, I, I didn't go to daycare. My mum would just sit me at home with whatever she was doing and I'd play around. Like, there wasn't structured play. There wasn't even reading time. Like, it was a very – I'm dyslexic, so maybe that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but there wasn't that level of involvement. Oh, my God, since Emily's been born, I've had her in something something and I think the big thing here as long as they're safe and that is the big one give yourself a break yeah, particularly is that it's so important that we nurture ourselves in this process as well mm. I'd, just, I'd be more worried if they come back kind of dressed as Emma from the Wiggles you know, what am I going to do <laughs> If you're not paying attention, at all, not paying attention. son, take that bow off your head. Is <laughs> that what like, you're saying? You're not going to be Jeff. Nobody's ever Jeff. Um, <laughs> so or Dorothy the dinosaur. Oh, that's yes. right. I, it, it's a, it is an interesting um, – if I go back, you know, uh, 15 years to when Molly, my oldest, was, was first born and we had – uh, first born, when she was first born, it's as if she was born a number of times. The first time that she decided to come to – but there was um, – there was this, uh, that was the start of like the smartphone era, okay? So that smartphones were becoming a thing, that people, iPads and iPhones and those those options for apps and educational things. And what was happening is that I noticed that a lot of parents were giving, um, you know, tablets with games and they'd push the pram and they'd do the tablet. And, uh, and of course, you couldn't criticise them. You couldn't say, don't do that. They go, oh, but it's educational. They're learning something. It was rubbish. You know, 15 years later, we know that that was absolute crap. It never worked. It, in fact, it did. It, it was more detrimental to the development of the child. But we had this belief that this was a good thing. So I think it works 
in a number of different ways as to what the distraction is, whether it's you're distracted and you go, I don't want to engage or I want to give you this so that you're distracted. Oh, no, from it's me. about the parent being yeah. distracted. Yeah, it's about the parent being distracted. It's about distracted. entertaining yourself when you're bored mm. out of your brain. Yeah, mm. sure. And I think, though, that at that point, we, you know, as parents, we have responsibilities. And I, I definitely, there were so many times when I would find everything to do and I look back on that with a little bit of regret and I kind of go, you know what? If I had spent a bit more time mm. doing that, I wouldn't. I would actually feel a bit more engaged. I don't know. I think it's been a while since you pushed a swing, Chris. I love <laughs> this. I love the swing. I tell you what, You're I not don't. Normal. So I actually do. I actually do. Um, <laughs> this is actually quite. <laughs> so I actually do exercise while I push Emily oh, on the swing. That's, that's yeah, so cool. I'll do lunges that. and things like that because I figure I'm kind of ticking two boxes. I'm I doing that's something a fabulous. Idea. And it's, but in saying that, my husband did do it one time. And he pushed Emily and she flipped over and landed on her stomach. So Michael is banned from doing exercising, from exercising yes, because the there is a level of distraction. He was actually really getting into his exercise. <laughs> I don't know that we can use that up. as an example. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're listening to a podcast, I don't know, the no. parent panel, while you're pushing on the scene, that's fine. That's fine. Well, that's not distraction. That's, that's and the other thing is, full entertainment. when you're putting the baby to bed, you see, Chris, you've got yeah. to come back with us. Come okay, back to I'm, that time. I'm, Okay, that time when you when you feel like you're in a tunnel that is mm. never ending, and that baby doesn't it feel that way is never ever ever going to sleep. When my son and he's five now, I would pat him to sleep, and I would be reading Annabelle Crabbe's <laughs> The Wife Drought yeah. under his cot with the screen on really yeah. low, and I would do that because otherwise I would go mad. Yeah. And it takes because time, it feels like doesn't forever it? Forever when they're that small. I mean, look. I did have moments where I would stare at his beautiful face. He wasn't sleeping. He wasn't looking beautiful. Yeah. He was just being annoying. Yeah. And that's why I yeah. think distraction is fine. I don't think it's a problem. I think at we've all. outvoted you, Chris. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, just yeah. so I didn't hear. I was distracted. You're out. Was, uh, <laughs> you were on your phone, weren't you? I wasn't listening you were to checking you. Instagram. <laughs> just, what are my kids doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our final topic in just a moment. When has your kid done something truly impressive? There is a look the parents of well-behaved children give to the parents of the not-so-well. So children better behave when I'm nearby. Lana in our office um, told us about her son and his obsession with space. Apparently he said to her once, did you know that Jupiter has 67 moons and the Mars and that Mars has a big volcano called Olympus Mons? He was five and obsessed with space. She did also mention he can't aim when he wheezes. Um, <laughs> my daughter, she impressed me, uh, also terrified me when at 10 months she leaped out of her cot, which was fully up, and she was in a sleeping bag and landed on her feet. That is impressive. Promptly burst into tears, and I freaked out, and she slept with us for years after that because I'm like, <laughs> you're going to break something. Chris, when has one of your kids really impressed you? I just, sorry, I just want to go back to the fact that Lana's kid, right, yeah. knows a lot about space but doesn't know how to wee in a bowl. <laughs> no, that's, that's every man. No special awareness. Right. That's, but... no, like, you could probably run the Russian space agency if, in that case. <laughs> maybe, maybe. He knows where the stars are, just doesn't know where to point the rocket. Uh, I, uh, you thought about that. That's a good one. No, no, no. So just, that's, I was just thinking of it then. I, um, so where were we? Oh, yeah. So, uh, impressive kids. Impressive kids. So <laughs> I, I'm always impressed when my kids remember anything because I'm terrible with memory. I, I don't remember birthdays. I'm really bad with all this. They'll, they'll tell you. I don't remember their friends' names. Um, but we have in this house, in the house, we have this thing where 
Uh, it's about honesty and you won't get in trouble. So we do this this bit where something happens and we've got to find out who did it. We go, tell the truth. And if you tell the truth, you won't get in trouble. It's like providing a safe space that says, you know what, it's okay. And uh, and if we do this, then we'll, we'll support you and we'll help you. And it usually works until my youngest, Sebastian, who's now what? So he's uh, 11. So this is probably about four or five years, four years ago. Uh, said we, we said something broke in the kitchen and he goes, and I said, so just tell me the truth about it. And he goes, well, how will you know? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, well, if I tell the truth and I won't get in trouble, how will you know if I'm telling the truth? <laughs> and I went, oh, no. I went, hang on a minute. <laughs> and like, Elaine's standing in the corner going, looking at going, this is all unraveling. And she, oh, and he goes, well, but if I lie to you and I say it's the truth, then I've lied. And you've thought it's the truth. And <laughs> so I've it's becoming very got layered. <laughs> I've got away with this and I'm not going to get in trouble for lying to you by telling you the truth, which was actually a lie. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Their brain exploding. Everything just fell apart. And I was like, <laughs> you have ruined the very fabric in this house. It was like we devised this plan over wine and pizza, and yeah, you know, when the first kid came, we went, "This is how we're going to do it." And it's going to, and it worked every time until this little sheep came along. <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, I'm definitely taking mental notes. It's on a that great one. idea, we, but don't let him pull it apart. No, well, I don't know. I'm, I am very impressed that impressed, with his that philosophical. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mind process. That took me to a new level. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. Exactly. What about you, Zoe? Um. Well, we we play games, a lot of games, particularly around food. Hide and seek. Yeah, hide and seek. <laughs> lots of hide and seek. Lots of word games, being dyslexic, trying to make sure she understands context of words and what have you. But one of the games we play at home, because Emily, we love food, obviously. I mean, it's a silly thing to say. But what I don't want is to food to even be the front topic that we actually talk about. It's about the integration and the fun. So we play games like Don't Eat My Fingers, Who Has the Best Combo?, and it works really, really What's well. What's who has the best combo? So Michael and I have to make a combination out of the foods that's on her plate. And then we uh-huh. get rated. And apparently e, <laughs> e out of E is the highest score you can get. So nice. we're not wow. quite sure where. I think it's Emily out of Emily, obviously. <laughs> anyway, one day we were eating and, you know, we're talking about it. Emily turns around to me. She goes, Mummy, this is so Moorish. And I was like, oh, my God. And I said, darling, do you know what Moorish means? And she goes, yeah. I just want to play more games. <laughs> and I just oh. thought, I was like, oh my God. And I just had this moment of feeling like I di- it's working. I'm doing something good. And I don't know. It was just a really, really proud moment. And it wasn't even that long ago. And so. I love the fact that words appear like that. Well, that's just... it. That was kind of like, it was, it was like this double whammy. It was like the two lessons because I do the food games and Michael does the word games. And it was just this beautiful symbiotic kind of little way. She kind of. Parenting tick. I know. So is she in, she's in kindergarten, right? She's in preschool. Or preschool. Yeah. Now, in kindergarten, they get these word sheets oh, yeah. right, where they get word associations. Yeah. And it just reminded me that, um, so one of my boys, Rupert, had this, uh, it, in kindergarten, had a word sheet and it was like, you know, house, put it in a sentence, you know, I live in a house, you yeah. know, cat, I do not have a cat. That, that, that. And the last one down the bottom was party. <laughs> and he wrote, he wrote party rock in the house tonight. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 
And I was like, where did he get that from? That's <laughs> <laughs> my dad. I oh, loved I love it. it. But don't you love it? It's these tiny little simple things. You go, oh, I'm winning. And then winning. something happens. You're like, I'm losing. <laughs> it's all right. As long as it's the balance. It's all about the balance. Um, well, that was our last topic. It was a good one to end on. But before we let you go, um, giving you both a platform to plug anything that you'd like to plug. Zoe, have you got anything going on? Uh, so obviously I'm just... Uh, written a book about a year ago called Falling in Love with Food. So it's all about trying to kind of educate people on the love of food. It's Moorish. It's very Moorish. <laughs> <laughs> you just say this Moorish. It's a seductive way. Uh, great recipes in there as well. But obviously just love people to follow me on Instagram. That's where we, we give off a lot of great information. Or you can join a newsletter which I've got, which is zoebingleypullen.com. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a wedding celebrant. So that's what, that's what I... And no, I, work, I wanted and I, to ask. And I you work know, in corporate comedy. So and I do and, have to actually work. mention uh, possibly more relevant to our audience is your um, celebrant work. And yeah. I do want to mention uh, that you do. Baby okay. namings. Uh, sure. In costume is in what costume. I was going to say. Oh, I'll, I I'll do them dressed as, as, uh, as Lockie Wiggle Lockie. With, a, with a bow. <laughs> He's gonna... <laughs> it's okay to be a celebrant as Emma too. I well, just want everyone to say, know that, okay? What a good okay. way to... Well, he, I, I, he's making fun, but he will wear a pirate outfit. <laughs> I know I'm, that because I'm he's, he's done it before. I'm for anything for Oh, it's good to know that. It's good. Yeah. Well, um, thank you both so much thank you. for coming good in fun. on the show. You can find me at Siobhan Hunt. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt. Produced and edited by Elise Cooper. For more information on the show, or maybe you want to do a deep dive onto previous episodes, you can find out all you need to know on our website. Head to babyology.com.au slash parent panel. See you next time.